Welcome, race fans, to the Stickers and Scuffs podcast with Cam K and Graydon Bunn. True Canadian race fans. This show is presented by Remax Jack. Call Remax Jack and start to pack. Green flag is out. Let's get this podcast underway. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stickers and Scuffs podcast. This episode, we are joined by the co-hosts of the Race Rivals Race Chat, which you can catch every week on G-Force on YouTube. Clinton Jeffrey and Adam Ross are joining us on the show. Welcome to you both. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Glad to be here. Well, we have to talk first about G-Force TV because... I didn't know about it until last uh, last summer when we were all starving for any sort of racing. You guys came to the rescue, and now I'm hooked. Can we talk about how GeForce started? Yeah, um, I guess uh, the best way to describe it is we started live streaming at uh, Shweekin on Friday nights, and uh, you know we we really believe in the uh, the free stream platform, and, and that's a whole other discussion. We talk about pay per view versus giving this giving it away. And Glenn Styers he agreed with our vision from the start that we need to grow the sport. We need as many eyes on it as we can get it. And our our theory is that we said many times, if you talk to us as pay per view, the only people who are going to buy a pay per view are people who already care about the sport. We we need to do things to get outsiders to realize how awesome what we do at your local speedways all across the country in North America and the world are. And so um, it basically started with uh, some of the tracks started asking us if we could bring our stream to do some of their events. And then when the pandemic hit and we were all locked down, it, it really kicked off with um, uh, Humberstone Speedway. And well, G-Force back goes up. back before that too, right, Adam? Because we yeah. were already G-Force before that. G-Force actually kicked off six months before. And the, it, Yeah, we, so we started in the off-season. And, and I would say sorry for interrupting you, Clint, but I'm, I'm not. No. <laughs> Like just as they counted down to go on the show, you started smiling. Before that, you were the stone-faced, miserable bugger we're all used to. And then cameras come on, and, and it's showtime, uh, which just shows what a true professional. Oh, uh, you, you are. boys, that's, that's what I'm getting at. I'm trying to change my out- outward persona. There you go. So the off season after 2019, like Clint said, we we he had been approached by some tracks, and we had a good product. We've got something special, and we know that with Spencer, the producer. And Clinton, uh, the general manager at Ashwick, and he and I have been working together for 20 plus years. Greg Callan, I still think is the best in the business. Oh, good. We just, we we had a core and and we thought, well, if we want to go other places, we should probably come up with a name, come up with a hook. So we started doing some iRacing stuff. Clinton, isn't that how we began in 2019, 2020? I'm just going to cut you off and say, oh, you got it all wrong now. So it goes back even further than that. (laughs) All right. Where if I remember correctly, we had a lot of us doing our own streaming on Facebook and a lot of our associates. And what I mean is we were having our own, um, we had our own racing leagues at that time. Roger Craig had his racing leagues at that time. The ovens boys who produced a lot of our iRace stuff, they were doing their own racing. We had the Ashwikin stream and we all realized that, you know, if we got together and it was kind of you, myself, Greg and Spencer brought it all together with Glenn helping us. And we said, listen, if we can all pull our, you know, collective viewers together on one platform and get everybody uh, congregated in one place and, and the, the uh, adjective or verb we've used quite a bit has been uh, cross-pollination so you know that's kind of been the core mission of GeForce is to, to get everybody to see each other's product instead of 
everybody on my Facebook page and everybody on their Facebook page and then on our Facebook page. It just made sense to, to pick a name that, you know, kind of oversaw it all. And, and then G-Force was kind of born that way. And then we brought our, we, we had our talk show at the time. So we just, it made sense to bring it all together. And then, you know, from, from there, it branched out to, hey, can you bring that show on the road to our places last last spring and summer? Yeah, the, the pan- boys, the, the pandemic, I mean, if you can picture Wiley Coyote with the road runner and a big Acme rocket, the pandemic was that rocket getting lit uh, because it took off we wouldn't wish the pandemic we, we certainly don't like the situation that we're in right. but for what we had going on uh, we it, it was right place right time and, and things just came together that we're more fortunate than anybody i know we get thanked a lot by fans but we're more fortunate than anybody that we were able to go around ontario and, and present some really good racing yeah i think the other side to it is at the core group of us we are all major race fans and want to see this sport be bigger than it can ever be and i think you know that that goes back to the pay-per-view versus open stream and right from day one at osh week and we we said it's got to be open stream i mean i've had tracks come to us already this year and say hey can we can we charge a few bucks but it's really not our core mission i mean i think our attitude has always been let's look at what the major sports do what what did baseball do what did cbc do with nhl back in the maple leafs in 1952 when they first came to them and i like to tell this story a lot is you know cbc came to the leafs in 52 and said we're going to give away every home saturday game on national tv i'm sure their management thought well why would anybody buy tickets for they can sit home and watch it but look where the leafs are now so we kind of took that major league mentality like let's find a way to put it out there let's get great corporate sponsors like pinties uh like lucas oil who we've dealt with in the past coca-cola was a big sponsor for us the type of major brand case ih is still with us and then we have a lot of great local supporters guys like jason at burger barn who do a lot for us uh dan anacoke with nitro 54 core pack john brush so we had a, a lot of supporters who would get behind putting this out there because they love the sport too and our theory is you know we could get a couple hundred people to pay for a pay-per-view on a friday night but when we can turn around and get thirty-two thousand views for a meritville broadcast last july that continues to grow that's more than 30 times a regular night crowd for them. They see the value in that. And these are new people who may never have seen it. And just to finish up the thought, the cross-pollination is last year we had APC fans watching dirt races at Merrittville and dirt sprint car fans watching iRacing from the States. And it all worked out. It's so true because it's exactly what happened with me last year is I was going to watch APC. And then all of a sudden it was super stocks that were being shown. And I fell in love with them immediately uh, they had you guys had modifieds, and then of course the dirt racing, which I had never seen. And now I want to go. Is I want this to be over so we can go and actually watch the races at the track. You know that that hunger to be at the actual racetrack. So, and one of the things that I really appreciate that you guys did was covering all of those things because for me, I live in the city. I don't have a car, so it's not the easiest thing for me to do to get to the racetrack. So now I can actually watch those if I'm not able to get to the, yeah. the track that week. And it, it, it does. It opens up the eyes for everybody. Yes. So anyways, uh, touching on all that and bringing it together, I mean, what we're trying to do, at least uh, to your credit, what you guys do with uh, with GeForce and Fuel, like Joel and, and, and TSN, there's only so much you can do with the box that you're in. And and there's so many great personalities and, and I'm being specific to the Pinty series here right now, mm-hmm. but uh, there's so many great personalities that just you can't capture in the time that you're in. And, 
And I hope that our spot is kind of a way to fill that void and, and sort of uh, complement what you guys do. I mean, as we say, we're by no means media specialists of any kind, but uh, from the fans perspective, we're just, we're talking with these guys and you guys as well about things that we always want to be able to ask you guys when you guys are at work and in the office, so to speak, you guys don't have the time and we don't want to badger you with stuff too. I mean, to get a picture with you guys, when you guys stop and, and take a few, minutes for that is a big deal so i mean uh having this and and you guys too with the 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 forum you provide which is uh something i want to just give you guys credit for with the race rivals format the screen format which spencer does with the live content and everything it's just awesome so good job to you guys thanks i think uh spencer's been a godsend for us i mean i I found it with music guys you have a band and you just get that one key person and you'll see like wow they lift our game so much and spencer's been that for us 100 percent you know, he, he kind of keeps us in the box in a certain thing. But that's one thing Adam and I have always done is we just try to go out and do what we wanted to do. And to, you, to your guys' credit, I think there's a lot of merit in what you guys bring. You know, like you say, you're not media specialists, but 20 years ago, we weren't either. We were just fans who wanted to claw our way in somehow, figure out how we could get closer to the sport. <laughs> and then we were able to make it, you know, at different points in our career. I mean, Adam's not full-time in racing now, but does all right on, on the side with that. I'm fortunate enough that mm-hmm. I was able to make it my full-time gig by managing Osh Weekend. But no, and I think having the ball boys involved is great i mean from our first years we used to have young announcers come up and try it you know i think how far how much farther along we could have been if we didn't start in our mid-20s if we were at 13 getting coached i mean my kids the same way adam's kid went went the racing way but i'm trying to groom my kid to get behind the mic if you're going to be in the sport because like my brother would say i'll show you how to make money at the races not lose it i don't want to creep on my kids by like filming them do their little 164s on their masking tape tracks on our living room on sundays but i mean they can call some great races i mean they uh <laughs> they do a great job <laughs> and you gotta get your 10 10,000 hours in somehow and if it's on yeah, the carpet right. with the hot wheels go for it i mean the the one thing that i love about the broadcast that you guys do with the apc late models and even just in general what you did last year which is something that we don't typically see is clinton you actually go out onto the track if there is an accident you did that a couple of times last year and actually go and pan in and show the damage on the car it was blew my mind because I'm like, there's these multi-million dollar, you know, operations with Fox and NBC. They don't even get out onto the track. Like they don't even do that. Where did that idea come up from? That's, I think it's brilliant. I don't know. Adam and I started doing it. Adam was the first roving reporter and I used to be in the tower and then we kind of swapped roles halfway through the deal. I, I don't know. I, I just think, uh, you know, the way I look at our style of announcing is one, we just look at ourselves like two other fans in the grandstands. And that's why Adam or Greg, they don't put on the announcer voice and ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the race. We're just guys sitting there. And if Adam's got Andrew Jesse because he ate too many wings, he, we're going to know it. You know what I mean? And, and a lot of other people are like, what are you doing, Sam? We're just buds here. For me, I grew up as I did in the race. My dad raced. And I'd sit in the grandstands as a kid and not know, okay, dad's broken. Is he coming back out for the feature? Are we done for the night? We didn't have cell phones or nothing. So when I started announcing, I just thought, man, if I could deliver that little piece of extra action. And it's like you guys said earlier, we only have so much in the box that we can give. So this was something else we could bring to the deal by getting right up close, building relations with the drivers to the point that we can stick a microphone or know when not to stick a microphone. Let's going to say that. And, and then when video came into it with the streaming and we got mobile with the camera, it was just amazing to be able to show you guys. And our whole mission at GeForce is to show you guys another side of racing. I think that's one thing, Adam, you can attest to. We took a lot of pride when we went to places like Maryville, Humberstone, where they have 
three and four generations of fans, but they've never seen the Speedway from the camera angles we were able to bring them. So a guy who's been there since 1965, sitting in the same spot at Humberstone and Maryville Speedway, maybe never seen it from the infield or from the backstretch or from the buggy cam where we're riding along with the pack. So, you know, add to, to, add, add, add to that. To explain somewhat of our vision, our goal, we don't want people to stay home and watch our stream. You have to go to the races. There, there is no replacement for being at the track and experience. What we want is for people to be on their devices at the track. And after you see something, look down, because hopefully we're going to give you three or four replays and you can watch it over and over again. So we want to enhance the experience experience of people who are at the track the fact that there's also people at home watching that's fantastic we were fortunate that that our glenn styers is so supportive so when we throw ideas at him and believe it or not guys i can only think of one or two occasions when i was doing track reporting that a driver did not want to talk it, it is very rare for a driver to to be so angry they don't want to speak we're lucky enough that our drivers got to the point where they get so angry they do want to speak and that's even better right if they get used to it they know we're not going to throw them under the bus and uh and that's how it's so i was doing that job i took 10 years off of us weekend from 07 until 2017 i was doing the nascar thing and, and raising a young family and it was just not my time to be there but since we've been back it's been a blast i'm kind of bummed that i sit in the tower now and clinton's out on the racetrack but but he does a great job too you guys have touched on it perfectly in your most recent episode too the art of announcing what to talk about versus what not to talk about uh calling it like you see it and that's uh something that credibility for you guys you guys call it like you see it um brings up a whole other conversation that we'll throw to another time about that's a cup series thing but um <laughs> i'll tell you what we we can explain it if you want clint do you want to explain it and i'll see if i have anything to add because clinton and i have talked about this time and time again our theory about announcing early in my career I mean, I started listening to Howard Stern and we just thought, you know what? Just be yourself is the best thing you can be. Tell, tell it like it is. And like we said, we act like we're our friends up in the stands. There's been more than an occasion where a race program was run poorly. We told it on the air like it was. The officials don't like it. But in the end, like I said to them, we can't we can't pretend we didn't all just see what we just saw. We're a paying spec. You know, this is this is a paid for product. Give your opinion. So if we if we were sitting in the stands as a paying spectator and we see it with our own eyes, we should be able to talk about it in the booth. And that's kind of the approach we've always taken. There are certain things that happen behind a curtain, right? It's it's kind mm -hmm. of out of this out of plain sight. And, and there's places we don't go. Sometimes I do, but I usually get in trouble for it. But for the most part, it's game on it and, and it's kept very, very real. Yeah. And you got, like you said, you don't want your credibility shot to hell by like saying one thing while the whole race, everyone there is seeing something else and be like, what are these guys looking at right now? Credit to you guys for keeping integrity intact. I mean, it's, I mean, Canada has such a great racing stage. I mean, there's so many different disciplines that fans can take in and it's not showcased enough. And, and you guys bringing this to us with uh, all these different things and the retro rewinds and stuff. That's been kind of fun to watch too. I, uh, and, and your race rival shows too. I, I can't always catch them live, but I mean, I do try to watch them back. So, I mean, the more content, the better. I mean, for all of us that are, are sitting around and, and just itching to go. I, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, we need, like we said before, we need as many eyeballs on there as we can. Some of the other tracks, for example, they're out there saying, Hey, you know, no live videos, 
none of this. We we encourage that. We want everybody yeah. to socially yeah. spread. We want everybody to take pictures, send it out as, as best you can. And then just to touch on where we're going with GeForce, like we're in the finishing touches of our new production uh, mobile unit that's going to be able to produce everything. Last year, we had four nice. cameras uh, with replay. This year, we will have a eight camera setup with all eight cameras being recorded for replay. So anything that goes through the camera lens is going to be able to be replayed, which was, I think there's, there's many occasions last week last year sorry where we had to pick which four cameras we're going to have the replayability and of course we picked the wall cam one week and nothing happens and then we move it to another <laughs> cam and so this year we've upped that um yeah it's going to be amazing this year to get back out <laughs> unfortunately maybe uh people's only outlet for at least part of the summer yeah it definitely seems that way i, I know that for for a lot of us last year we we're trying to get any sort of racing and and while the Pinty series, yes, they did have their stuff. It was only three weekends. Um, yeah, it was double, you know, it was tape delayed, fresh. It's not live, which you would, what you really want. Um, you guys also stepped into showing the, an off-season uh, iRacing championship. And that was a great way to showcase some of these Canadian racers that, you know, I'll, I'll admit, I didn't know a good chunk of them. But after watching the races, I started looking some of these names up and then, you would have them on your show. And I like Dale Shaw, for example, was one of the names mm-hmm. that absolutely loved his interview with you guys. Amanda Balson, somebody else. I yeah. I knew of them, but didn't know them. And to see well, and, that, yeah. you know, it's it's so refreshing. That's our job. That's our goal. Racing is racing. If if you only look at the racing, it's cars driving around in circles, right? There, there's so much more to it. Uh, so we're lucky. We're lucky to get those people on. And Dale, Dale Shaw does a great job, gives great interviews. Man, almost everyone we've had on, as you mentioned, Amanda does, does great things. Uh, and I think the nice thing is people know when they come and talk to us, you don't have to be anything but yourself because the... I've often said that the last thing I want to be is a professional, right? Like I, I still want to be a fan. They just happen to hand me a microphone. No, I was just going to say, we we're very fortunate to build the relationships we've had over the years uh, in all levels of the industry, from track promoters to the drivers, to the sponsors. We've just been very fortunate. I'm glad to let you finish that sentence because um, with those relationships, you're kind of in touch with what's going on. Mark Rinaldi is uh, a big player in uh, getting the uh, safe reopening plan happening for the tracks in 2021. You touched on it also in your latest episode too uh, about uh, as as much touchless uh, inspections, uh, like on-track incident safety uh, from that standpoint. Can you talk about that, Clinton, from, from the track standpoint? Yeah, so, you know, we are having to work on new procedures right across the industry. Um, and, and some of it was outdated. Like, there are some good changes that have come in. Uh, doing uh, pre-registrations, having all the teams pre-register. And as we touched upon on our show, it, it eliminates the touches of the pen, the clipboard, uh, the waiver at the back gate, the exchange of money. You know, so if you can do all, all that online and then multiply that by, you know, the seven or 800 people we had on a regular night in our Pizzadosh weekend, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's a lot of eliminating risk there. So uh, things like, and then everything like we, we has become normal or the new normal, if you will, plexiglass in front of all people serving in front of all your windows that types of thing we are fortunate a lot of the speedways and i think this is one thing that may have been missed by the government or hasn't really been taken into consideration is the sheer space we have to move people around to do multiple gates to do staggered gate times and um so back back to the convenience of it i think there are some good things for example last year we saw that tracks for the first time ever from the promoter side weren't just saying hey we're going to have this event and we hope enough drivers and fans show up to pay for it we haven't got burned lately and 
all of us were just kind of going by the seat of our pants like any business does. But when you think about it back, like, wow, we were putting out $20,000 in purse money. Nobody could show up. Two winners could show up, take all that purse money, and we don't have no money. It just worked out. But this was for the first time in my career as a promoter. You knew what the math was before you mm-hmm. got to the day. You knew what right. the payouts were going to be. You knew how much money you had coming in because only that could come in the back gate. So there were some benefits to it that I think that I think were really good. You know, and as for the government, you know, we got to work with them and keep pushing them through our MPPs and sending emails and calls. Uh, you know, we're still waiting on news to see where we go. But there was a lot of benefits to the new procedures that I think are going to carry us forward and, and make things better. Yeah, I think we can all agree that NASCAR doing what they've done down south is what you think would be beneficial for us up here. But then you see how kind of the way things have been handled and it doesn't make, you know, great. And I we're, we're not very optimistic as much as we would love to be um, that everything is we're trying, be, you know, <laughs> that everything <laughs> hopefully on, on track, as you mentioned, racing is outdoors it is one of the i would say safer events that they could put on you know we've been to jucasa and there is tons of space at jucasa for separating people in the stands and so forth so there are things that they could do as a track promoter what's the fear clinton for this year is it is it that we're not going to have any racing at all is it that you're going to have to you know um going to have to make those those bigger adjustments to the track in order to accommodate those new rules or is is it something else well i think you know the the first thing that comes to my head would be getting open we certainly don't want to sit another year uh we, we were very fortunate last weekend to attract a lot of new people to the spring car and the dirt world uh from other disciplines and you know we, it's very important to keep them racing that's why we went out and worked on getting the action sprint tour strong the, the knights of thunder 360 tour strong in case last weekend doesn't open to give all our spring car people a, a chance to go out and get some racing in mm-hmm. you know uh overall G, with my g-force hat on heck yeah we need to get racing we have so much uh work and and prep that we've done to get ready and to come back even stronger with g-force and our broadcast uh, association with apc that we want it bad so it's 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 frustrating to us and on a personal level we we get paid this is a job for us so now as these weekends start to get chopped back we we start to lose income and you know it starts to hurt us more than just the fan side it starts to hurt the happy cash envelope, if you will. And, and you, know, <laughs> you know, I wish the government would see that our fans, and I've reiterated this to the Six Nations government, is our race fans are more passionate than anything. So you can put up rules that people will buy at the grocery store at Walmart. But if we tell race fans, this is what you have to do to get our sport going, they will absolutely abide. We'll have 100% participation in whatever thing it takes to get to the race. That's where, whether you believe in the vaccine or not, I think a lot of race fans are saying, if, if that's what it means I got to do to take my fix, stab me 10 times. We're good to go. Like, whatever it takes. I had a, con- I had a conversation this past weekend with a sponsor, a sponsor that owns a number of race cars, heavily involved in the sport. And, and we both got to the point where I said, you know, a lot of races were held last year and none of them were pinpointed as, as spreader events, mm-hmm. right? That there was never any tracing that went back to this, this gathering of this many people. Thankfully, we have people in high positions lobbying those facts. Like we, we have people like Mark Rinaldi, Luke Ramsey, Tony Spiteri. There are people in the world uh, who have some influence, who, who are doing what they can. And for the rest of us, we just have to make sure that that we do what's best for the sport and, and get everyone back together again. But it's it's tough being patient. I, Clinton and I, we, Clinton and I talk 
talked every day on the phone for probably years. <laughs> and in the last six months, a couple of days will go by because all we do is bitch at each other. Like <laughs> we're both on the same side. We both just want to go racing, but the frustration level is so high that it, that it's draining. Have you noticed that Clint? I have, you know, I realized, Oh man, it's like Thursday. And I think last time I messed and talked to Adam was Sunday and that, that that's pretty rare, but then we're like brothers and through Adam's mental health initiatives that he's worked on, we've gotten to the point that we're clear, we're clear with each other. So when he's texting me at 10 in the morning and I'll say, I'm having a crap day be on alert he knows not to poke me he knows what he's getting he knows where my attitude's coming from and, and vice versa say hey i'm just not there today and i'm like okay so then instead of going into jousting mode you go into kind of care mode you're like oh bro what's the matter let's fix you up today and you know that's been a big thing for us is communication on that level we do love to fight though and we are on polar opposites of the political spectrum and many other things i don't know how we got to be friends we could never uh, we could never be friends. Glenn no. and I are brothers because we wouldn't make <laughs> That's friends. a good way to put it. <laughs> Somehow we have. Uh, man, uh, like listening to the the last uh, show you guys had with the vaccination conversation, I, I, I don't want to start a war or debate or whatever here now, but like if it gets I'm us with free. Adam, man. You stick me with whatever you need to, with whatever you need to, to get me on an airplane, to get me on a sunny beach, to get me in a grandstand, to get me in a driving experience. I don't care what the hell, insert event here. Get me camping in a tent. I'll do it. I'm ready to go. Amen, brother. <laughs> Let's grip it and rip it already. We've been sitting around for a freaking year and a half now. <laughs> yeah, I don't disagree with that aspect of it. Uh... In terms of the race teams, obviously yeah. you have a large contingent that uh, hang out and, and race at Oshwick. And what's the belief in terms of um, how the COVID year has been on the teams? Um, I know some series like the the Oscar Hot Rods, they look like they're actually pretty prepped for having a pretty big field, um, which is awesome because that series, thanks to, like, again, thanks to you guys for showcasing it because, man, that series is fun to watch. Do you mind if I step in and answer that, Clinton? Again, no. you can, the thing with Ashwick and Speedway is there's many communities involved. So there's the racing family we all know. But when you go on the Six Nations Reserve, there's a lot of respect given back and forth. That community comes first. That, mm -hmm. that, and that community is a large part of the racing community. So there's a lot of involvement. But no matter what the race team is, almost I haven't heard anyone that said otherwise. There's a respect all the way around that. Till the, the council's says it's okay to come in and go racing people just understand it's not okay to go racing and that's unique to us weekend unlike any other place it doesn't make it any less heartbreaking or any less frustrating mm -hmm. but the racing community around us weekend speedway is a little bit different than the rest of the racing family in ontario i think adam hit the nail on the head the, the other thing i look at is you know if we were a premier facility if we were on the bottom of the barrel of the track scale we were just hanging on going into this you know i think you'd be in a lot more problematic but we were coming off our best years ever at us weekend we just come off live to TV. We were the only track in Canada putting out our live product right as the events happened. Uh, simulcast uh, some days on our dream as well. So that was major for us. Um, we have better car counts than anywhere. The crates are the fastest growing division anywhere in North America. Uh, Glenn Stacy nice. continues to pour money into the place. We just put a brand new front stretching and back for swollen for our Pinty's race. We have Pinty's, we have NASCAR stars. There's so much going on at our week in that 
I think the buzz that we were able to create, people are going to wait around for that to come back. And, and, and we've continued to move it. As far as the race teams go, we did a good job with our sponsors to get them races at Merrittville, Humberstone. So of our four divisions, we share two with Merrittville and Humberstone. So they had many, many stock street stock races at Brighton, Merrittville, Humberstone, uh, where those guys could go race. So we really just had to cater to make sure the sprint car guys got out there. We got them out a bunch by cobbling races together at the end of the year. But I think this year we have a plan, uh, you know, with, with a robust schedule. But everybody thought there would be too many races, but it's kind of playing exactly how I figured it would, where we book a lot. Some of them would get lost and we'd end up with a solid schedule by the end of it all. But I think to touch on what Adam says, you know, the other unique thing about our weekend is, you know, if we have a race at, uh, for example, Delaware Speedway, most of the people from the London area, they, they, they live in that community, they come there. Or if we have a race at Maryville Speedway, they all mostly are 80% are Niagara people that come from those surrounding communities. When we have a race at Arch Weekend, 80% of our fans and teams are from outside of that community. We're at a different ratio. So when, it, when you talk about mixing different communities and people from different areas, we're the biggest mixing pot of them all right now. So that's why Six Nations a little bit concerned. We are certainly probably one of the biggest contributors to the Six Nations economy. When you bring a guy like Tony Stewart or, you know, Casey Kane or Kyle Larson in and these outlaw events, and you've got 8,000 8, people that are camping for a few days, that, you know, all the gas stations, all the restaurants, all, all that gets, they feel that. So they understand that. And I think one thing we have done and that I'm super proud of as a, as a non-Indigenous person who's been there with Adam for 25 years, is I think Ashwikin has done a great job of showing off how wonderful the Indigenous folks and the Native people are at in Six Nations and bringing that gap in and kind of dropping some of the stigmatism that came with the reservation from the outside people who've never been there. And you get there and you realize, wow, the people are so beautiful. They treat us so good. They're so happy we're here. And that's one thing from the, from the core of everything we do at Oshuikin, from the ownership with Tina and Glenn and from the management, myself, Doug Leonard, our whole team, is we get everybody leading with a smile. I don't care what they come screaming at you with, you start with a smile. Hey, they might break you down to your fighting <laughs> back. It happens, but for the most part, don't lead with the attitude. Make people feel welcome and welcome them to Glenn's backyard. And, and we're very fortunate that. But like Adam said, we do have to be very respectful. I think most, all our teams get it. And they know when we come back, we're going to have VIP suites and new paved buildings and a better pit area. And it's just, it's going to be even cooler than it was when we had to stop. And to those lines, I think our sport in general is going to boom. I think we're going to have a huge boom when this is over. Oh, that's good to hear. That's really, really good to hear because I think that's the biggest, that was the big, our biggest fear, you know, um, and Graydon and I talked about this ever since the whole pandemic started. Um, Graydon's always brought that point up is like, it's for on the Pinty side, you had such a great 2019 season it was so good and then all of a sudden it's like this happened and just like you guys said you were coming off your best season and then all of a sudden it's like this happens well in a way as as horrible as this whole situation is giving everybody a reset and allowing people to take that you know take some time and and hopefully rebuild and then come back even stronger you know one of the things that you guys are doing we were ecstatic when we heard the news, obviously we're talking about the pennies race. You guys were going to be the first NASCAR on dirt until, of course, that happened at Bristol. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> but um, how did that deal come up, come about? And 
if you had to pick a dirt star to be in a Pinty's ride across any form of dirt, who would you guys pick? Adam, you go first with your pick, and then I'll tell the story and how the race came together. If I went first, I'm I'm only going to talk about who I would like to see in a Pinty's car, and I'm going to give you two answers because one one is a shoe, and I want to see Stuart Friesen in a Pinty's car. Yeah. Because he is pound for pound one of the best race car drivers in the world. Bar none, don't care what you put him in. Uh, his personality is great. His respect for the sport is great. The history. Um, in terms of selling tickets, I, I want to put Tony Stewart in the car. But but before <laughs> he does, I want to put some rub A535 in his jock strap or something. Just get him right <laughs> angry and then send him out there to go win a race. I, I don't think <laughs> I don't think we can even understand the level of entertainment of entertainment he could he could provide if he was wound up to go out and drive those cars. You know, when the race came together, there were a lot of names that we had talked about who we would bring in. Uh, obviously, Stewart was the first one that we uh, made the deal with. He was going to race spring cars for Glenn Styers too and be a doubleheader there where he won the outlaw uh, race. So that, that would have been a big homecoming kind of for, for the sprint car fans have Stuart running both. Um, you know, we worked on getting Kyle Larson back and Glenn Styers just made his recent, uh, you know, association with Kyle last year and solidified that. So there's a chance there. Uh, Christopher Bell, possibly, you know, we talked to Haley Geegan too. Uh, we were on the cusp of making a deal with her uh, team to come down and we had a ride lined up with her. I think you're going to see a huge uh, group of unknowns if you're not a Pinkies guy or a NASCAR fan. A lot of dirt ringers have talked about trying to make deals and get that together so i think i, I think it's i am sure it was going to be the biggest car count they've seen in a long time i predicted 24 to 28 cars would have come out for that adam was i off base to think every available car would have been rented for that event you know i i think so it's so it's such a shame that the, the way the hype built up for that event and the phones were ringing and messages were being sent in the background people trying to form alliances to get support from from people who understand dirt cars and people yeah. that could drive dirt cars, uh, we'll be able to whip that tornado up again. But but it is a shame that it didn't happen when it was supposed to happen because I really think the timing of it was was phenomenal. Yeah, I, I'm a little but, bit disappointed that we couldn't roll off the momentum of the Bristol race. It would have been nice that weekend to be <laughs> pumping our stuff right alongside it, but we don't really have any pump right now. The deal kind of came together. Um, Tony Spateria, a few years ago, we started dragging him out to the races. And, you know, uh, we, we had talked about doing it even back when Alex Nagy was managing NASCAR. We had talked about running a test there to see if we could get it done. And then um, somehow we got Glenn Styers and I got called uh, by the NASCAR folks to get together. So we all met in Burlington. At, uh, Tony hosted us at, at his place there and, we just talked about the possibility of making the race happen. And, you know, it was almost like buying a house. Uh, most of the deals we've ever done has been like handshake. I'll call you, you call me, take 10 minutes. Adam and I are masters of the quick deals. I mean, it happened. Some of our biggest deals happened in 10 minutes. This deal was like buying a house. We had to leave the room. Then they left the room. Then we talked to them and then they, but they made an offer. We countered. It took all day, literally, but we, by the end, uh, we agreed to a structure and then we had to have a test. So we brought out uh, DJ Tankton and uh, him and Andrew Ranger came out and turned a bunch of laps. Right away we knew, yes, lap times are down. That's the thing. They're slow. Well, yeah. it doesn't matter. They're not going to be fast in the sprint car. But the entertainment value of 24, 28 of the best all going out there and putting together under the lights Irish weekend, it's going to be amazing. I think you're going to see uh, what we saw with the, with the Bristol dirt race was it's not about dirt ringers. Right, Adam, it seems like the familiarity with the cars, 
it has just well, as much to do as the surface. And more so, it's not about a dirt race car. You know, I was I saw on social media people, well, why didn't you put them in dirt late models? That would ruin it. Put them in the stock cars that they ran at Talladega or at Watkins Glen. The look, like, have you ever seen something like that? The, the start of that right. race, to see them coming off the corner and the dirt flying, it, it, it was emotional. Yeah, it's a spectacle, right? Like, I mean, it's not, it's the same as the conversation of stock cars on street courses. The traditionalists say, yeah, it's not supposed to happen, but that's almost the beauty of it because it isn't natural or whatever. It's it's awesome to see the guys that wheel those cars, guys and girls, sorry, that wheel those cars mm -hmm. do and their thing I... regardless of the service. I want to see snow, yeah. damn it. I want yeah. an ice track. Yeah, let's, let's get, <laughs> but can I I'm interject? my NASCAR license. <laughs> if anyone's ever been to Daytona and seen the original Daytona 500 course, which was half mm -hmm. on a beach and half mm -hmm. down Main Street. Well, I'm, right. it wasn't Main Street. It was A1A. <laughs> but, yeah. So don't tell me these cars don't belong in the streets. Hell, some of them belonged in the ocean because they got a little bit loose in turn two. <laughs> yeah. Stuff happens. Like that's... That's as literally forward. as deep as the roots get, right? I mean, exactly. it doesn't go any deeper. Yeah. And... uh I, I can't, I'm new to dirt too, Clinton, for what it's worth. And, and you guys have my ticket money. I was probably one of the first that bought and paid for them when I heard the announcement and the tickets were on sale. So, um, touch wood, we're allowed to go and, uh, we can get there because, uh, I can't wait. Well, I, I think Ashwikin is an eye opener for a lot of race fans who maybe never been to the dirt and never mm -hmm. seen a sprint car. And you think, Oh, I, I like, I like pavement street stocks. And then you see a sprint car ripped by the fence at 175 <laughs> kilometers an hour. And then they get together and he flips like 13 times yeah. right in front of you. And the driver gets up and goes, that was like awesome. It's like a roller coaster. <laughs> You're like, what did I just see? And that's, I mean, just the excitement factor. I think it goes back to that cross pollination. We're going to mm -hmm. turn a lot of our dirt fans onto the Pinty side of things and a lot of, you know, yeah. vice versa. I have a diploma in horticulture, so I love your cross-pollination analogy. It's great. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the dirt specialist right there. Um, yeah, you got it. Uh, we, we, you know, for me, on my, my side of things, Rico Abreu would be my my guy. I would love to see him. He got kind of only one year in trucks, and I, I've only seen, like I said, a, a bit of, of dirt racing, but I, I know that that guy's, you know, he's, he's pretty good. Um, and I believe he's he's raced at Oshweekin before. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, I, like we're psyched really. I think most of the, the penny series, uh, fan base is as well. You know, it wasn't, it, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's hard to seem to convince the racing fans down South that, Oh, street circuits are amazing. Um, watch penny series. Dirt racing is amazing. Just watch any dirt race. Now for me, I, I Clinton, I'll be honest. I, I, I couldn't watch those cars because i'm always afraid that they're just gonna you know do something crazy well, they they are yeah they are right? <laughs> and so every every minute it's like oh geez you know so i watched the chili bowl for the first time this year and it was like i can't watch this like they're gonna best drivers in the world right there. did you realize did you realize how big the carnival was when you walked in 
Cam, like, like, you know, you're being introduced to dirt racing and then more specifically the chili bowl, which is a different animal altogether. Once you get inside of this sport, this lifestyle, there's a lot to take in. Oh, (laughs) it it, it doesn't stop though. It just like, it it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're just like, man, I want to go here, 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 you know? And then you realize, you know, you kind of need money for that, but um, (laughs) Clinton, Adam, we want to thank you guys for coming on the show. We could literally chat for four to six hours easily, um, but you guys have a show to do. So we want to thank you guys for coming on the Stickers and Scuffs podcast. We really, really appreciate it. Um, make sure anybody tuning in to our show, got to tune in, subscribe to GeForce TV if you want good quality content every week. Um, not only that, uh, those two guys on the screen below me right now are hosting a show called race rivals race chat it is one hell of an entertainment segment for for me first off if you want to learn about canadian racing but they also cover racing down south cover topics um how can we follow you guys and oshweekin speedway as well this year and uh, if you were be able to chat about some of the interesting events that we're supposed to have um on g-force this year well I'm going to, I'm going to beat Clint to it. If you want to follow us, go to gforcetv.net because nobody can spell a shrieking right. So <laughs> once you get to GForce, you can see how to spell a shrieking and, and follow all the socials that way. Gforcetv.net. That'll get you all the content. And like you say, subscribe. It's free. All you're going to do is get notifications when there's great racing coming on. Yeah. Adam said it all. Um, you know, make sure you subscribe. And uh, click the bell icon, as Greg would say, and, and make sure you're there for all the action because uh, we plan on having a great event. We're going to cover all 10 of the APC series. Uh, we, we can maybe let a little bit of cat out of the bag. APC management is planning on getting all 10 races in somehow, some way, and we can leave it at that. So I don't think they're going to the canceled events. They're going to try and reposition them, uh, you know, the ones at the end of May. So that, that's great news. We'll be there for all 10 of them. We're going to be there for at least – 10 of the uh, Knights on Dirt Action Sprint Tour uh, combined events where we're going to bring crates and 360s live on a lot of the nights that were not out live with the APC series. So we're excited about that. Um, Ashwikin every Friday will be live if we can get open. Um, and then we've got a whole slate of other GeForce Lite broadcasts where we don't take the full production team. We send out one camera guy and it airs 24 hours later. So, I mean, we're going to have 50, 75 more events by the end of the year, I would think, if we can get these events open and our partner list continues to grow of people who want to do business with us. And, uh, you know, so we're hoping to carry a lot of the Oscar stuff. Even if we can't be there live, we'll be there with, uh, you know, our light crew. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for, for what you do for, for the motorsports community. Thank you very much for coming on with us. Uh, Adam, again, thank you for what you did for, for us with the vi- uh, the voiceovers uh, these crossover things have been kind of fun for us. We did it with uh, with Bryce and Steven, uh, the Can Race boys, uh, just recently with Nags and uh, and Mark Mesporn, and now you guys. So this has been fun to kind of cross over, and and we all sort of pull in the same direction and and bring awareness and 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 get everybody fired up for for hopefully uh, a really great racing season. So thank you very much, guys. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks for having us. I, I, is this where I would say, why were we the third on the list? Like what, why was Alex and Mark before us and the can race boys before us? What's going on here, guys? 
we're just hitting our stride now. We're okay. stretching our legs, getting the bugs worked out here. Uh, we're going to bring people around for the second round here again, too. I was so I got a request. I, I want you guys to figure out a way that we can go up against uh, Alex and Mark and go up against the can race boys, <laughs> some sort of a format. I don't know what it is, but reward wit and foul language. And I promise Clinton, I will win. Oh <laughs> man. I don't know. This might be tough. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it with you guys, but, but I'm throwing I've down been a the tradesman since I was 10. I can cuss with the best of them. No, I don't know. I, I cleaned <laughs> it up big time for this stuff. I, uh, what about like Texas horseshoes or something? What are you proposing? <laughs> that could be your sumo sumo suits. I'm, Ooh, no, I don't, cool. I'm not doing sumo suits. Alex has the center <laughs> of gravity advantage, right? Like it, it, it just, it'd be over before it begins. <laughs> wow. I've started a virtual war already. Okay. Oh, we've man. talked about a couple of things here, Cam, haven't we? About like maybe some sort of a curling bond spiel. Or maybe a showdown at Tag's e-carding facility. That might be kind of fun, too. That might, that might be what go. we need to have happen. Set it up. We'll be there. Nice. Sounds great. Thank you to Clinton, Jeffrey, and Adam Ross for joining us on the Stickers and Scuffs podcast. We will talk to you all real soon.